From the campus of WQLN Public Media in beautiful Erie, Pennsylvania, it's WQLN Radio's showcase of rising stars and visiting virtuosos. Live from Studio Q, here's your host, Brian Hanna. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Live from Studio Q, coming to you live from the WQLN studios on Upper Beach Street. Uh, we've got a wonderful guest artist joining us in the studios today, Amitai Vardy. I'd like to give you a quick bio, the short version. Ami is the principal clarinet of Your Eerie Philharmonic. He's also their guest soloist in tomorrow night's concert featuring Mozart's clarinet concerto. And let me just start by having Ami play some beautiful music, and we'll talk more in just a couple minutes. But first, ladies and gentlemen, Amitai Vardy. Amitai Vardy, clarinet, and Liz DeMuth joining him on piano. 
I'm Brian Hanna. Thanks again for joining us for live from Studio Q. Uh, Ami is here as a guest of our friends at the Erie Philharmonic, where he performs as the principal clarinet most times. This time you're taking front center stage. Is this exciting, uh, nerve-wracking, or just another day at work? It's definitely not just another day at work. It's uh, really, really exciting. I'm absolutely ecstatic to play Mozart's clarinet concerto. It's one of my favorite pieces really ever written. It has everything in it. Um, I'm always reminded of that quote in Amadeus where uh, the count or the king says, there are too many notes. Yeah. And this piece is absolutely perfect. It has just the perfect just the right number of, of, notes. of notes. And it's so uh, soulful in that beautiful second movement. And so I'm, I'm just ecstatic to, to play this piece. Well, uh, we actually opened with a piece by Schumann. It was yeah. the third movement of his fantasy pieces. Uh, why don't we talk about that for just a second, and then uh, we'll go back to the Mozart, and maybe you can play us a little bit of the Mozart. Uh, why did you pick the Schumann fantasy pieces? Well, it's, it's, it's a really exciting, uh, beautiful, romantic piece. Um, it has such a beautiful collaboration uh, with the piano, and the pianist Liz DeMia, who's with us today, is is such a, an incredible chamber musician and we have so much fun playing it together. Um, this third movement that I, I just performed is, is obviously really exciting and it has this really uh, beautiful, um, incredible moment in the beginning, but then it, it's so energetic and it has so much um, uh, fire power. Um, so it's, I, thought, I thought it would be a great uh, opener. Um, it's also amazing that Schumann wrote the whole piece in two days, which I cannot even imagine how, how one might be able to do that, but uh, it just goes to show how amazing. And it is amazing, because if you think authors, you know, they write and revise and change and edit constantly. Um, musicians like Mozart and Schumann, they're just cranking this stuff out in days, needing very little revision. Uh, sometimes, yes. Uh, sometimes it would have to do with commissions, uh, like Mozart uh, and his concerto, um, which he wrote for Anton Stadler, and so he, um, he, he used to crank things out when he needed to um, in order to get a paycheck. Right. Um, um, but, but yes, it's, it's incredible, some of these, some of these composers that we, we have played forever, um, and really the reason they're still with us is that their music is brilliant. Well, the Mozart, you said you composed, he composed this for his friend Anton Stadler. Now, Anton didn't really play the clarinet as we know it. He played a basset clarinet, which just went a little bit lower. It had a lower range. Right, so um, it went down to uh, low C instead of down to a low E. Right, exactly. So the uh, present edition we have was edited sometime after Mozart's death just to accommodate modern clarinets. Uh, basset horn kind of fell out of popularity, though. Why is that? So the basset horn, uh, which was... Or the basset clarinet in this case. Yeah, so basset horn and basset clarinet um, were around the same time of, of Mozart. And he, he actually wrote it for the basset horn, and then uh, Stadler um, used a basset clarinet, which was more, um, I, I guess in a sense, it, it was... Uh, he worked with some manufacturers about um, to, to make that clarinet happen. But in any case... Um, the, the clarinet really was introduced around Mozart time and, and actually thanks to Mozart in many ways. Um, 
so there are some, some parts within the clarinet concerto, uh, the bassetone concerto, um, that have to be transposed um, to a different register within the piece uh, because our modern clarinet does not go as low as, as the original that it was written for. And there are some modern similarities too. Uh, you know, Mozart started writing for the clarinet. Soon everybody's writing for the clarinet. Uh, you see a little bit of that in classical music with the saxophone because the saxophone was kind of a fresh thing when uh, Alexander Glazunov was writing music for the saxophone. Uh, he said that this would be the new voice of the orchestra and eventually he started using it and so did other composers, started introducing uh, the saxophone to the orchestra. So this was kind of a groundbreaking moment for Mozart to bring the clarinet to the forefront like this. It, re it really was. Um, I, last Tuesday when I, when I played in the library here in Erie, um, I, I played a piece by Stamitz, um, which was a predecessor of Mozart. Um, and Stamitz actually was the one around the same period of time, a little bit earlier, that introduced the clarinet into the orchestra um, and wrote 11 clarinet concertis. And so it's, uh, it was really interesting to work on the two pieces together and, and really to be thankful and know that without those composers, and especially Mozart, which brought the clarinet up and into the orchestra and wrote us this incredible um, concerto. Without those, piece, without those people, um, the clarinet history uh, in the way that we know it um, would be very different. Very different. Much like the recorder. We still hear it, but it's not in the mainstream orchestra repertoire. Right. So uh, we're very lucky. Now, the Mozart, you've got a couple of examples for us. You're going to play uh, maybe a little bit of the exposition for us just to give us an example. And then you're going to play the entire second movement? Yes. So we're going to get to hear a little bit of the Mozart concerto. Uh, it's wonderful with Liz DeMio on piano. Uh, it's ab absolutely beautiful. Not as beautiful as it would be with the Erie Philharmonic because you want to hear it with a full orchestra behind it the way it was intended. And you can do that tomorrow night at the Warner Theater. You can call the Erie Phil at 455-1375. You can visit them on the web, eriephil.org. Or better yet, you can call me right now at 217-6022, 217-6022. The first person to call and leave a message wins a pair of tickets when we're done today to see the Erie Philharmonic. If you already have tickets, take a friend. This is a concert you don't want to miss, Amitai Vardy, live in concert with your Erie Philharmonic. We'll talk more about the rest of the Philharmonic's program a little bit later on, but first, uh, why don't we listen to Amitai Vardy, Liz DeMeo on piano, performing the exposition from Mozart's Clarinet Concerto, followed by the entire second movement. Here is Amitai Vardi.
Amitai Vardy, clarinet. Liz DeMeo joining him on piano. Steve Weiser will join us. We'll give Ami and Liz a break for just a minute. Steve, some messages are coming through on Facebook. Uh, yes. One just came through from our friend Mark. He wrote, awesome live from Studio Q. Liz is an awesome pianist. What is that piano you're playing on? So how about a round for a Liz? Mark also followed up with that second movement of the Mozart concerto is a piece that's looped on regular play on the Cat Relax channel, in case you have cats who are a little bit anxious. Uh, thanks for joining us again, Liz and Ami. Uh, Steve, welcome. Steve Weiser is thanks, joining man. us right now. He is, we're gonna move over this way so Got you can it. see it on the uh, Facebook live stream. We are streaming live on Facebook at the WQLN Excellent. Facebook page. Hey, so if you want to see what Steve Weiser looks like in person, you can check him out there. Uh, great you're concert. Be disappointed. You're gonna be very disappointed. <laughs> Everybody says, Brian, you're bald. And I'm always a little shocked. Um, <laughs> you know, the Erie Philharmonic concert tomorrow night, November 3rd at the Warner Theater. Some beautiful music on this Definitely. program. Uh, some of my favorites. Right, uh, for Strauss's sure. De Rosen Cavalier is on the program. Uh, Beethoven, the music of Beethoven, the music of, music of Schoenberg. Right, exactly. Uh, so, as well as Mozart. Uh, so, let's talk about the Schoenberg for just a second first. Okay. Uh, not a likely fit, except for the fact that there's some Vienna connections. All the composers exactly. have a Vienna connection. Uh, the Schoenberg, it's a little modern. Right. Um, you might know the name, and the name might make you a little nervous. Uh, he's famous for uh, working in the 12-tone uh, right. school. Uh, everything can be a little serial, a uh, little important from time to time. 12-tone means you, you give each note equal weight. You don't work in any one key. Right. And it can be disquieting to some people. There is a great letter, uh, one of Schoenberg's uh, contemporaries and, and a student, Webern, and, uh, wrote some pretty discordant 12-tone music. And one time, Leonard Bernstein, uh, working with the New York Philharmonic, received an angry, angry letter from a, list, uh, a viewer, a patron of the New York Philharmonic, uh, chastising him for programming the music of Webern, which is about, it was an eight-minute piece. And Leonard's reply was very curt. He uh, replied, uh, Ma'am, it is the job of a cultural institution like the New York Philharmonic to expose our listeners to a wide variety of music, especially music that is uh, coming of age in the 20th century, right. and that uh, they would be doing a disservice if they didn't. And Leonard went on to say, and as a matter of fact, we don't go nearly far enough exposing our audiences to new trends in music. He said, if we cannot find eight minutes in an entire programmed season of classical music, to bring a piece like this to the audience, I'm at a loss for words. So uh, this is a piece that could be a little striking, a little unusual for people to experience for the first time. It's only 14 or 15 minutes long, right. and it really has some beautiful moments. Schoenberg wasn't just uh, a dissonant, atonal composer uh, like we may picture him. He wrote some really beautiful music that was almost uh, romantic at times. Uh, this is a little bit of an experiment, but what's important is he was a bit of a crossover too. From the, from the romantic and impressionist eras uh, into what we know as 20th century music. And the good thing is, with it being five pieces for orchestra, each one is only about four to five minutes long, so they sort of move along very briefly. And I got to hear uh, Daniel give a talk yesterday in which he described one of the internal movements as if you were looking at a still life of a pond where the orchestra's playing the music in the background and then little bits of the orchestra come up and then go away and then come up and go away. And he described it as watching a living still life, almost like a painting on stage. And it gives you a very different perspective than something like the Mozart, which the music has, it's following the rules, it has, you have goals, you have tonics, you have dominance, your music's telling a story with the, the path that it follows. And with the Schoenberg, it's almost like it's trying to create a painting, create a picture on stage. And hearing him describe it as I, 
I'd like to steal it and say that I came up with it, but it's definitely, it was, it was his interpretation, but it really, it, it, it gave a good way to explain how it's just a different way to listen to a piece of music. It absolutely is, and it is actually a lovely piece of music. There's some really beautiful moments in this. Right. Uh, so don't let the word uh, Schoenberg scare you away from coming to see the Eerie Philharmonic by any means. It's completely worth your time. Um, yeah. Also on the program, some uh, War Horses, right. the music of Beethoven. You want to exactly. tell us about that? So it's opening with his, his Coriolan Overture, and for us, we're doing a, a four-year Beethoven festival. We're in the third year of it, and each year we like to focus on di bringing different works of Beethoven to the forefront, whether it's the symphonies, the concerto, ending with hopefully Beethoven 9 to conclude the festival next year. But this year, the first one we wanted to do was focus on his Coriolan Overture. So we're, we're excited. It's a good dramatic opening. It definitely almost sounds like your, your perfect like movie music score. It's, it's definitely an introduction to a, a drama in which nothing ends well. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, then, of course, we have uh, the Mozart clarinet concerto featuring right. Amitai Vardy. Exactly. It's going to be a beautiful piece. You've heard just an excerpt of, excerpt of that. But uh, the evening concludes with one of my favorite pieces of music. It's a massive work. It's a suite from DeRozan Cavalier. Right. And for us, I mean, the way that Daniel put this program together, it's all music that was composed centered around the city of Vienna. But right when Schoenberg went as far as he did, down the, the compositional path to write something not tonal at that time, Strauss came back and wrote his most tonal opera of all time in almost like a neoclassical style. So that, that's how you get Rosen Cavalier at that time. And this is still an incredibly popular opera. Right, opera exactly. Bass, which is a big opera kind of tracking company, who plays what, when they play it, where they play it. Uh, since 2013, it's had 338 performances in wow. over 84 cities. That's really neat. So this is a very popular opera, even today, and it's a comic opera. Right. Um, it's about a, a, an older woman and her younger boyfriend. And this, the entire opera opens with them talking about their love for each other. And then the older woman's uh, obnoxious, uh, it's a relative, comes back home, and he has fallen in love with a beautiful young woman, but he doesn't want to make the overture to ask her to marry him. So he enlists the boyfriend of this woman to deliver a rose and make the overture for him. The young, beautiful man meets the young, beautiful woman, hands her the rose. They fall in love, and now we have a twist. Um, so, so it has its moments, uh, but it is some of uh, Strauss's most striking music, and right. his use of French horns is, is spectacular. You no, know, you'll hear the French horns right off the bat in the beginning of the suite, and the one other thing that Daniel really mentioned is how much... Strauss wrote some of the hardest music for each of the individual instruments. He was never afraid to challenge each musician to play their instrument at the best. As most of you potentially know at this point, I, I might have played percussion in a previous life. I might talk about it from time to time. But the timpani part from Rosen Cavalier is the, and from the segment that we're doing, is the number one excerpt asked on any, any audition on the planet. So if you want to be a timpani player in an orchestra anywhere, you have to play the final three movements. And normally if you think of timpani, there are the big drums in the back that you picture on like a boat with a guy playing to, to keep people to row. That's what we do in the back. And if you're playing Mozart or Beethoven, maybe you get to play two different pitches, G and C. Maybe add mouse like that. That's what we're looking for. In the Strauss, I tried to count. I think in three minutes, we're responsible to play probably 45 different notes. 
because at that point in time, the timpani um, have pedals. You can change the pitch on the timpani, and that was right when gauges were invented, which tells the player what specific note they're actually playing. So like any good composer, he just ran with it. So the timpani basically acts as a string bass, where any moment in time you are playing a different note every single time you play the timpani. So that's my plug. Timpani are great. So who's the, tim <laughs> so, uh, who's the timpanist tomorrow night? Oh, I haven't been to rehearsal yet. Oh, we'll find out. You guys haven't it's been. It's not Mel, is it? I have no Mel's idea. I do not know. Well, good luck, whoever it is. Good luck, it is. whoever it is. <laughs> I will be there tonight counting. It's going to be a wonderful <laughs> concert. You really need to catch up on the, the Erie Philharmonic. If you haven't seen their website, you can check them out on the web at eriephil.org. All the information about the season and all their exciting events, we'll talk more about those later, cool. uh, are all on the website. Or you can call them at 455 uh, how about we let Ami do a little more work? Please, definitely. Uh, why don't you hang on to the mic? We'll let him talk in for just a second. Okay. Uh, another round of applause. Steve Weiser, Executive Director of the Eureka Harmonic. Thank you, Steve. Welcome back. Again, we're glad to have Liz DeMeo joining you on piano. She's a wonderful accompanist. And, and it, what's really beautiful about this next piece is the accompanist also has to do some pretty heavy lifting. So uh, it's a wonderful piece by Searle Irving Glick, and it's his... Sweet Hebraic is Hebraic sweet. You want to tell us a little bit about this piece of music? Yeah, so uh, Cyril Glick um, is a, was a Canadian composer. Uh, he died in the early 90s. Um, and he has a very unique way of writing. Um, he has a lot of Jewish themes that are interwined through a lot of his pieces. Um, and actually, um, about 15 years ago, uh, I played a concerto of his in Pittsburgh. Um, at the Jewish festival. I think it was their first year of doing the Jewish festival and this this piece was my um, Well that concerto by Glick was my introduction to the composer and it's it's a really fun uh, way of writing it has lots of soul in it and um, lots of fun dances. We're going to do about uh, three out of the six um, short movements um, and what else can I say about it? We have a good time playing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a beautiful piece of music. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you once again to Amitai Vardy, clarinet, the soloist with your eerie Philharmonic tomorrow night at the Warner Theater, and Liz DeMeo on piano.
Amitai Vardy, and Liz DeMeo. You're listening to live from Studio Q here at the WQLN Studios. Uh, I'd say uh, as a society, Erie, Pennsylvania is pretty lucky to have musicians like Ami and Liz living right here in our neighborhood, right in our backyard, performing with our orchestras. Thanks again, Ami, for coming in. Uh, before you leave, uh, and before we wrap up, first, uh, can we give one more round of applause to our friend Liz DeMeo? Wonderful job on piano. <laughs> Thanks for helping us out. If you enjoy the playing of Amitai Vardy, not only can you catch him tomorrow night live with your Erie Philharmonic, 455-1375, uh, but you can hear him on a CD and listen to him anytime you want. You've got a great CD out. Uh, your father performs on it with you and some friends. You want to tell us real quickly about that? Yeah, so it's, it's a really fun CD that uh, we recorded in Israel, actually, in Jerusalem. Um, and it came out last year. Uh, it's called Soulmates, and it's uh, a really, really fun uh, chamber music CD. So as you mentioned, my, my father, who's a cellist, plays on it, and Arnon Erez, who's uh, an Israeli pianist, is also on it. Um, and we have the most incredible trios together, the Beethoven Trio and the Brahms Trio, um, which we just have a really amazing time playing together. And the other very cool thing about that CD is that the middle piece is a beautiful piece by Jan Rajinsky, who is a living composer. Uh, he teaches at Ohio State University, and he wrote this duet for clarinet and cello uh, for us. And so we, we have uh, this beautiful piece of music that we are introducing to the world and, uh, and have a great time playing. Where can they find your CD if they want it? Uh, Anywhere CDs are sold. Anywhere CDs are sold. Uh, it's called Soulmates? Soulmates. Soulmates, Amitai Vardy and Friends. Again, ladies and gentlemen, you can catch him live with your Erie Philharmonic tomorrow night, 8 p.m. at the Warner Theater. If you have the time and you can get there a little early, we do a pre-concert chat at 7.15 in the First Niagara Room upstairs. It's free to all ticket holders. They're a lot of fun. Usually 30, 50 people show up and we just chat about the program. It's always a good time. And then you can hear Ami perform live with your Erie Philharmonic. Again, Ami tell, uh, excuse me, Amitai Vardy, clarinet, Liz DeMeo, piano. Thanks again to our friends at the Erie Philharmonic. You can applaud. Go ahead. Thank you. And thank you in the live audience here at WQLN. And thank you for listening at home. I'm Brian Hanna. Thanks for joining me for Live from Studio Q.